Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Who loves a good bargain? Okay, I want a show of hands. Who went out to the malls on Boxing Day? I'm not the only crazy one. I have no idea why I went out. Just typical extrovert, just want to be where the buzz was. It was crazy. It probably would have taken us half an hour to find a park. Why would you do that? And you, and you kind of in the mall and everyone's just like, you know, there's this buzz that's happening in there. And it's kind of like, oh my goodness, everybody loves a good bargain. When was the last time you went to a garage sale? When was the last time you actually had a garage sale? I'm kind of thinking maybe one of our summer picnics should be a garage sale. There's a whole lot of stuff that's happening that we've got in our house, man, that needs to go. We've already, we've already sort of cleaned out some stuff, and it's a good time of the year to be doing that, right? But everybody's looking for a bargain. Why pay full price? Do you know, like... I mean, today, people would kind of gravitate to a shop if it had the letters S-A-L-E on it. And more people would come in if it says up to 70%. Like, up, up to 70%. My boys are going like, Dad, it's not 70%. It's up to 70%. You probably have two shirts in there that are actually 70% off. Come on, who am I talking to? It's interesting that even saying Garrett sale kind of evokes feelings amongst people, right? It's either you feel like, ugh, or you feel like, yay, Garrett sale. <laughs> either you've hosted one or you've gone to one. And you know, like to have a Garrett sale, it actually involves a few little things. Yeah, like you actually, if you're going to host one, you actually have to decide on a date you're going to have to decide who are the clientele that you're going to want to reach. It might involve a little bit of marketing strategy. You might want to put out a few signs. And don't you just love, I love driving down the street and you seeing how people have creatively tried to entice people to come to their garage sale based on their cardboard vivid signage that they've just done. Right? And it's kind of like, oh my goodness. Um, Someone should teach you how to write. <laughs> uh, I suppose the quality of what you're selling depends on the kind of sign that you put up, right? It's kind of like if it's a flash sign, you kind of go, mm, there's some good stuff in there. But if it's kind of like a, hmm, it makes it a bit awkward. But I love it that a garage sale actually attracts. I went online and I found someone's done a study uh, someone's done a study of the nine different types of characters you would find at a garage sale. Are you ready? <laughs> nine. Give it up for our psychologists. Yields. Because they study people and they're like, okay, see how you're doing that? This is why. <laughs> Number one, the negotiator. The negotiator has one goal, to break the will of the garage sale host. They'll be like, this candlestick 
isn't even worth a dollar. I'll give you 60 cents for it. Final offer. Have you met this kind of people? How about the early bird? You know, you've done all your signs and stuff like that, but you, on the signs it says 7 a.m., right? Now, you go out of your house to put the signs up, put the trestle tables out and start to display it at 6 a.m., and you look across the road and someone's sitting in their car waiting <laughs> to get in quickly and, and beat the rush. Number three is the latecomer. <laughs> this person, you're just, you've, you've had a big day and you're starting to pack up and then this person arrives. And they'll be like, you got anything special? You're just about to take all the stuff off and drop it off at the, at the next charity bin. And they have the cheek to ask you for a discount. The fourth kind of person is the complainer. These jeans short have a stain on them. You can't sell it for more than four bucks. That's outrageous. And they're picking all the things that are wrong with what you've displayed. Then, number five, you have the professional. The professional is in and out of your garage sale within three minutes. That's whether or not they actually buy something. They know exactly what they want, and they're not going to waste time. They've got 22 other garage sales to go to. <laughs> this person usually has a little fanny pack, and they have like a little uh, cutting of all the classifieds, um, of all the addresses. That's weird, eh? Of all the, if that's you in here, there's hope for you yet. <laughs> and, 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 and they're just like zoning in on the one particular thing that they're interested in that day because there's other places to go. Number six, the collector. They'll be like, did you see that Toy Story toy? No. Do you have Buzz Lightyear? Just to complete my set. No, you don't. Oh. Would you be interested in anything else? No, I just, I just want Buzz Lightyear. People who specifically go and look for like tea sets and, you know, things that are of value, but just by chance, I'll find it on the bargain table. You got to love this person. The neighbor. Your neighbor has had 12 cars parked in their drive. And there's a pack of three-year-olds playing in their yard while mum and dad are looking at your yard. They might politely come to you and say, hey, I see you've got a good sale going on. Would you know whose car that is over there? Can you tell them to move? Number eight, the wild family. These guys turn up in their people mover. Nothing against people mover people. But these guys turn up and some people are still having their breakfast in the van. 
Mum's probably still in her dressing gown. <laughs> but this family's wild. Every kid has a dollar to spend. And they're just like, out. And you've done so much work to display everything. But when the wild family comes, it's like a tornado has just gone through your garage sale. Everything is lifted and they don't put it back properly. They might need to be tamed. <laughs> then there's the barterer. Bottle of water, $1. The barterer will come and say, hey, I'll give you 50 cents for that. What's the expiry date? Oh, right, okay, um, 20 cents. And they'll just keep beating you down. Don't you just love going to places where you can actually do that? I embarrass my wife sometimes when, particularly when we're overseas, Fiji, Malaysia, those kind of places. Is that you know that you got the stuff for cheap anyway. But just because you can barter, you just go ahead and do it. Who's done it before? Yeah, like cheap shirt, man. And the guy's like, two for 50. And I'm like, mm, I've only got 40. And you know they will, you can barter them down. But there are always people who are just going, come on, knock it off. Just knock off the price. Knock off the price a bit more. And then it feels like a real achievement when they've, when they've succeeded in, in bartering down the price. Do you know there are treasure hunters and then there are bargain hunters? Which one are you? There are treasure hunters and there are bargain hunters. I feel like we're at the very start of the year. We're looking ahead. We all know there's a cost to something. What I want to encourage you with this morning is church, Corpus Church, Christ Church, is that we count the cost. We count the cost. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes I'm going to use me as an example. I could shop in a, shop in a discount store. So I've gone to like place like Dressmart. And I buy, say for instance, you know, some, some flash shoes and stuff. And it bought it at a discounted price. And it's amazing how sometimes my thinking is like, I feel like I've bought something at full price. Are you a bit like me? Sometimes I act like, you know, those cheap Louis Vuitton bags that you get from markets and stuff. But I just love how ladies would just wear that like they paid full price. How about those Ray-Bans that you got for five bucks online? Like we wear it like we paid full price. Why? Because of the name that's on it, right? You got it at a bargain price, but we act like I paid full price for this. Don't even ask me to look at the receipts. <laughs> Don't you love New Year's resolutions? What even are they? <laughs> It's just like, oh, I feel so guilty about not doing that last year, so I'm going to do it this year, and then never actually do it. Things like, I want to be fitter and healthier than last year. But as long as I don't have to sweat for it. Actually, a New Year's resolution would be, I want my marriage to do better. But don't ask me to change. Come on, somebody. I want better friends, 
<laughs> but as long as they're not too needy, <laughs> I want low maintenance friends. <laughs> I want a promotion this year, but just don't ask me to do extra work. Hmm. Here's a tr- here's the truth. Be careful that in a moment of desperation, of wanting something so much, that you make an impulsive spend on what you didn't work hard for. Sometimes I can be known to be a little bit impulsive, stirred by emotions. I'm like the shopkeeper's best friend. See the word sales, see the word up to 70%. I'm in your shop. See, we live in a time where there's so much influence in the world. We're influenced by social media. We're influenced by our friends on social media. We're influenced by TV and what happens on the news. And sometimes there's so many voices that it actually drowns out God's voice. Today's word is about hope. No one? Today's word is about hope. Yeah, come on. There is hope for you. There is hope for me. And if there's hope for us, there's hope for the world. Come on, we ought to be excited about that. Here's the thing about hope. It's not a private affair. Hope is not for you to hold on to yourself. Oh, me and my hope. We're good. Just come to church with my hope. Ride in my car. Go back to my house. Me and my hope. Hope is not private. Hope's intention is to be shared. So when we talk about, you know, like say for instance our summer picnics. Okay, the intention is for fellowship. Great. But what are we bringing? What are we showing? When you go to work tomorrow, or if you're on shift work tonight, what is it that they're going to catch when you enter the room? Because here's the thing. Jesus paid full price. Here we are, come to church, we got a bargain. We act like we we paid the price. We act like we actually paid the full price for what we got. But we didn't. Jesus paid full price for your bargain, for my bargain. What I want to do is instill in us as a church that this year we need to go with the intention that we are hope carriers. We have the hope of glory in our lives and we got to share him. You see, we bring the solution. Gone are the days like people will just actually walk past church because i got to go somewhere else. I'll go to Oprah for answers. I'll go to whoever else is doing talk shows these days. Steve Harvey. I'll go to Facebook for answers. Why aren't people turning to the church? 
Why are people coming to us and going, I don't know what's going on, but I, 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 you know someone who does. What if, what if, with this, the hope of glory that's inside of us, what if we began to answer some of the big questions in our city, right? That we didn't even need to do any marketing plan for Equipus Church, Christchurch. What if that you were the answer to your community's needs? They don't need to turn to Ministry of Social Development. They don't need to turn to Work and Income New Zealand. They don't need to turn to anybody but come straight to you. Come on, church. What if, what if we were the answer that our city needs? What if we held the answer of what our city needs? So the title of my sermon today is this, Bargain at Full Price. How we represent hope determines how the city will be. Are we a joke? See, the thing is, because, here's the thing, because of the pardon that Jesus paid the full price for our sins, sometimes we kind of act like we did, right? I've just said earlier, like sometimes we act like we actually paid the full price. So when someone wrongs us, this is what we tend to do. We make them pay for it all. We make them walk through that. Now you will know what you did to me. And you're going to pay for it. I'm going to make you feel like you're the, the lowest of the low. Like that's, that's a response. That's a common response, right? Like we actually do that. What if this year, what if from today onwards, we stopped and we go, how is this bringing hope to this person? How is this bringing life to this person? How do you represent hope to the people that are closest to you? Sometimes I can be a real grump. I know it's hard for you to know, but truth be told, ask my wife. Sometimes I can be a bit emotional. That's the truth. And sometimes, guess what? You could be a bit emotional. Husbands and wives are kind of going nudge, nudge, nudge. But here's the thing, is that when you recognize that we get moments when we are like all over the show, it's coming back to a place and saying, I'm sorry. Coming back to a place of just resetting. That picture I had of, of, of at the foot of the cross where it's just, it's solid ground, but it's flat. Because there's no levels to gaining forgiveness and understanding. There's no levels of, of attaining this greater measure. It's equal measure and full. If you've got your Bibles with you, God, we've got to turn the Bibles. Uh, turn to Micah, the prophet Micah. And we're going we're gonna to kind of hover around chapter 6. Just to give you some, some context about this, this passage that we're going to look at today. It's like a scene from a courtroom. Who's ever been in a courtroom? As a jury? Or just to go and watch? But it's, it's like one of those hush environments. Try and laugh out loud or try and say something like, 
You just cannot, right? So you can imagine. That, so in the courtroom will be the judge. There'll be the lawyers. There'll be the person who's has committed a crime, uh, who's under trial anyway, may not be guilty, right? But they're in the room, and and particularly. You could, like, like the, um, the Garrett Sale characters that, that we talked about, you could find similar people in a courtroom. But here in this context, I want you to imagine that this is like a court case that's about to start. And it's almost, God is saying, God has called his people to be judged. And he's kind of saying, state your case to me. I have a complaint against you. For I have done all that I can do for you, yet you reject me. I have brought you out of Egypt. I've led you in the wilderness. I've protected you from your enemies. What more can I do? Now let's jump to verse 6. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Verse 7, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Israel is practically saying, yes, I have sinned. How can I make up for all that I've done? Isn't it crazy? Look at what, look what, that, what they've actually said they want to do. <laughs> they they want to, in their religious response to what God has said, they want the quality sacrifice. Let's offer an offering of a year-old calf, unblemished. That's the best one. Or if God's after quantity, let's give him quantity. Let's give him rams, 1,000 rams, and, and rivers of oil. Here's all these things that they're saying. Let's just, I want to please God because God seems to be mad at me. No, 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 God's just calling you back. And then they say, ooh, well, if that doesn't please him, I'll give my own child, my own firstborn to please him. God's saying, that's not what I want. Do you see it? It's like when we do something wrong, we try and, Fill it up with so many rituals and external things. And God's saying, I've already shown you that I can deliver you. I've already shown you that I'll make a way where there seems to be no way. I've already shown you that. Don't place too much confidence in the trappings of religion. It may look good on the outside, but on the inside, we feel so small and we feel like 
We're the guilty party and we don't deserve to be here. What are some religious rituals or sacrifices that we've adopted to make ourselves feel good? Opportunity for you to ask that to yourself. Because you see, no amount of sacrifice will be able to wash away your sins or my sins. It's not the quality. It's not about the quantity or the extent of my sacrifice. That will not wash away my sin. That will not wash away your sin. That's not going to get rid of sin in your community. It's not going to get rid of sin in our city. It's not going to get rid of sin in our nation. It's not going to get rid of sin full stop. No amount of hard work, what we ever do, will get rid of that. The forgiveness and the pardon for our sin and wrongdoing only comes through the blood of Jesus and his finished work. Religion can never save us. Even if you sacrifice more and more and more, religion will always fall short. It never makes the grade. You see, God, again, is reminding Israel and he's calling them back to himself. Do you know when, when I've done bad things, when I've done wrong things, my natural instinct is to run away. Do you feel the same? My natural instinct is to hide. What did Adam do in the garden? He hid. Because we're shameful, right? Yeah? Yeah. We, we feel shame. That's real. But what God is saying is that when you realize you've done something wrong, run towards me. Because we're expecting punishment and we're expecting harsh, angry God. I'll tell you a couple of things that disturbed me this week. Can I tell you? Uh, one was this. A young person said to their mum, mum, why don't I see powerful Christians anymore? There's no power. That bothered me. What lie are we believing about the hope in us that has just kind of paralyzed us into thinking, oh, and I'm not good enough to do that? The second thing that really bothered me this week was someone saying to me, because of what I've done, God has left me. And I'm like, devil, you lying son of a. Like, how dare you? How dare you, you, you make someone believe that God has left? Come on, what's the truth? God is with us only when we're good. God is with us only when we pay our tithes. God is with us only when there's bright lights. God is with us only when there's beautiful music playing. No. God is with, finish it. God is with you. Truth. God is with you 
always, wherever you go, there is nowhere that you would ever go that you could be away from God. And he would, I mean, come on now, somebody. He gave his son. If you want to question how much God loves you, question that. God, why did you give your best? Your only? Not just for me, but (laughs) the whole planet, the whole of mankind. Why did you do that? And he's after relationship with you. And like relationship, you know, like the more time you spend with Jesus, the more time you'll get to know him. Truth. It's like any good friendship, like any good relationship, like any good marriage. You put the time into it. You do the work. You'll get to know each other, right? I love, I love, I know about parents in the room. I love going on a school camp. Like you're a parent help, woo, party. But you all turn up to the classroom and everyone's like, who's that? You're asking your kid, who's that? Who's that? And the kid's like, oh, that's so-and-so's dad. And that's so-and-so's mommy. You're like staunch ass. And then you start, you hop on the bus. And you go to this camp and you start to do all these activities. You go whitewater rafting and you're hanging on for dear life in the old gym. Help save you back into the raft and all these kind of things that are happening. You're washing dishes together and you're doing all these things. And what, you know the picture, right? When At the end of camp, when everybody's saying goodbye, what was this is now either a high five, a handshake or a hug. Hey, let's do this again. That's what relationship does. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more like Him will be. And if you question that, check out how much time you're investing in it. Come on, I don't want it to be heavy. I want this to be light for you. as to know that the more time you spend with Jesus, the more like Him you'll be. The more hope will just come out of your pores. You don't even have to open your mouth. Hope just comes alive. It may come easier for some because of the history of your life. It may come, it may be a fight to get to that hope. But that's okay. Truth, God has never left you. Truth, God is for you. And so when you wake up tomorrow and you're thinking, I've got to go to work, you get paid for that. So you can go on your holiday. So quit your moaning. There are people who'd love to be in your position right now. There are people who would love to just be earning what you're earning right now. Just got to look at our Pacific neighbors or look, look all over the world and see, actually, it's all right. I can do it. What hope are you bringing? See, even in the journey of the Israelites, God had prepared the way. Whenever they would drift away, He would call them back. Whenever they would do something bad, He would call them back. Okay, do this. Just to appease your mind and your conscience that you're actually working for your forgiveness. But it meant nothing. It was the blood that was shed from the beginning of time, even before the foundation of the world. What we get to do now is just to recognize so that the externals 
knowing that you're on the right track. Dear I say, it's not even about you turning up to church. Tick that box. All of the externals are just means, a vehicle to get you closer. But it doesn't do the work for you. You make the decision. You do the work. I love that. Even in that, that whole time, like when, when, they call, when God called them, it delivered them, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Do you know he used a man? He called a man, Moses, to lead. And sometimes because of the faith journey, God puts people in our lives to lead us out of places. Lead us out of the old into the new. Who's a Moses in your life? Who are the Moses that you've invited to come and lead you? Someone to inspire you. Someone to teach you. Someone to remind you of the law and why it's there. How about an Aaron? Everybody needs an Aaron in their lives. I'm so glad I've got Aaron in my life. Then Aaron represents the priest. The director of divine worship. Mm. Everybody needs someone to go. Dust your feet off. Get moving. God is for you. And, and Miriam. Everybody needs a Miriam. I'm glad we've got two of those people in our church. Miriam is Aaron's sister, right? She's a prophet. Well, she led the praise amongst the people. She got a bunch of ladies together and they were bashing their tambourines. Do you even know what that is? Yep. Marched them to their deliverance. We need people like them in our lives. People who would encourage us to go higher in God. And the list just keeps going on and on and on. God is faithful. God said to them, what more do you want me to do? I've done it. But isn't it true that so quickly we forget? We forget what God has done. We forget about the price he paid. Oh, no, we know, but we forget. We forget about the plan that he, he brought about to maintain a relationship with him. And all of this, it just requires a change of heart. Wherever you find yourself in now, whatever circumstance you find yourself in now, it just requires a change of heart. You know, when there's been a disagreement, and you kind of go, oh, I know I've got to say sorry. I know I'm the one that did the wrong. It just requires a change of heart. Sometimes I've got to psych myself up. I'm like, come on, don't be a dork. Suck it up. It's not worth it. Change of heart. Come on, husbands. How are you leading how are you leading your house? How are you leading your family? I want to bring this as a challenge because we have a great responsibility to lead. We don't get it right all the time. But if we change our hearts,
quicker than sometimes we feel like we want to, God does a beautiful thing. Commands unity. It's back. You're back on track. Come on, friendships. If someone's wronged you and you feel entitled, reserve the right to judge them. Reserve the right to punish them because the price has been paid. Jesus, the hope of the world. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. 